is going on guys it is your boy tkd want to be here back in your place source and this is of course episode three of road to ghost of shishima the weekly series leading up to release of ghost of shishima playstation 4's last big major title it's swung song if you will with me of course my luxurious co-host the arachnid how are you doing good sir i'm doing well how are you i'm uh doing good um uh you know i'm i'm recovering mentally from part two you know yeah, what i'm saying we uh we did the review of last part two again spoiler free if you'd like that was uploaded yesterday make sure to check that out on the channel and then next week we will be doing the spoiler cast the good old spoiler cast uh which i, I may have a few guests on you know Ooh. it might be just us two who knows we'll see we'll see you will you all you'll have to check next week and so this episode, of course, episode three, Ghosts of Tsushima, Row Two, Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, we are going to be talking about the whole topic around the ghost versus the samurai, right? From a historical point of view and a gameplay perspective as well. Um, but but before we get into that, right? In a few episodes, we do have the prediction slash bets episode, right? And I thought at that, um, wait, actually no. So I was thinking about flipping the last two episodes to accommodate for the Metacritic, but unfortunately, <laughs> we will not have to do that uh, because I don't know if you saw, but the review embargo for Ghost of Tsushima is lifting on the 14th of July. Three days before release, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Look, I'm still confident, but... I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit scared. Why? Why? Why are you concerned about that? Because typically, you know, a now this isn't always right. This 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 isn't always the case. But typically, there are a sort of like like there is some sort of relationship, right? Whether it be super strong or super light in some cases, but you know there is some sort of relationship between how Sony PR. And the devs may feel about a particular game releasing and that's ex and that's mainly seen via how long the embargo is into release right so for example the last of us part two got a week before it like the embargo lifted a week before the game came out right and typically when you have an embargo lift that is closer to release date that may be because they're trying to not get the word out on said review so close to release as to not sway people from taking back their pre-order or taking back their intentions on buying the game because of the score that they are potentially favor people to see a week before the game comes out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Kind of sort of? Yeah. Like, and it's not like an overall, like, rule. It, it, and there's plenty of exceptions, right? There's plenty of exceptions. I'm not saying this thing is concrete right but it is a little bit spooky of course <laughs> that's yes yeah, so, so so that's where i'm at so uh this you know this news definitely will affect my predictions on on the meta score you know what i'm saying um i'm guessing yeah. i'm guessing like mid 80s like just that's yeah, yeah yeah just like a just like a shot in the dark like here is so we can talk a little bit about how, like how i'm feeling about you know the overall like score and everything i don't see a future where this game is viewed at lesser lesser than 
Days Gone pre-patch, right? Like, I th because, of course, everyone knows, Days Gone, uh, before the game came out, and the version that reviewers got for Days Gone is a vastly different game than the game that we got on day one. And even more vastly different than the game was a week, two weeks, three weeks to a month after uh, when they did it when they did all those patches two days gone right right so you know like that like definitely uh you know tampered his overall overall uh view from a more critical standpoint right but even with that critical score like i just don't see ghost of shishima being viewed lesser than days gone at that point right yeah no you know like i think i i, I I think eventually I will end up around the mid '80s. I think what you said as well. Like, yeah. I think the mid '80s sounds right. Um, if it dips, if it dips into the '70s, then I'll be a little bit more scared. But um, I think, I mean, I could even see right, like if the story is banging, right, like real good, right, right. I could see it being a low, low, low '90. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a '90 to '92 range. I could see that at like the absolute best. Yeah, you at know? the best. I don't know. It's just like I like throughout the years. I've when I was younger, like I would base all of my decisions off of Metacritic scores. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, like I don't care because right, right. Hot take, kind of mm. hot take. This is gonna be kind of a hot take. Give it to us. Give it to us. A, a decent chunk of game journalists' opinions are absolutely worthless. Oh, snap! Did y'all... Yeah, it's just did, like... Did y'all hear that? Because, hear that? Um, for example, GameSpot gave Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated a 2 out of 10. Yeah, that... Okay, that one I saw this week, that was a bit ridiculous. Like, yeah. I, I, I see, like... If you're going to give a game like a 1 to a 2, right? Like that game I think has to be fundamentally broken on the basic complexes of what a game is. Yeah. Like mechanically. Like a Road like, to Hell Retribution kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. And like as far as I've heard, I haven't played Battle for Bikini Bottom, you know, the seminal PS2 and GameCube classic, I believe. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I love right? it. Like I've heard yeah, I I didn't play it back then, haven't played the rehydrated version now. Um, but what I just hear is that the rehydrated is like more of like a port and not necessarily like a remaster from what they were trying to get at. Like, I think of course it's up res and stuff like that. Um, but there's a lot of the old game in the rehydrated version. In it, the rehydrated version that yeah. I think brings it down. It's if I can yeah, I think right. No, yeah, yeah. The rehydrated is just uh it is the same game carried over except you put like with a a, a very nice coat of paint but all of the same mm. everything that made the first game great and everything that kind of brought it down is still in there right, right it is right. it is a one-to-one -one, not like a re final fantasy remake it is a one-to-one -one. right okay I which see, is which is fine but like yeah. stuff like that like ign like like IGN for a while was the butt of jokes on game journalism being kind of worthless. Like GameSpot had this funder Cuphead. Like we all remember what happened with Cuphead. 
That was the one where where they were showing off mechanics, I think, or like in the review, I think. They couldn't get past the tutorial. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yo. And it was really that, funny. It was really, really look, funny. <laughs> look, I mean, like, I I low-key, when, I, I guess not low-key, I guess high-key, right? Like, I spew on the side of like, alright, like, you know, I have to assume that, like, if you're going to review for these sites, right? Like, you have to have some sort of gaming knowledge and gaming skill and just credibility as a whole, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, like, every review site is, like, full of, like, you know, just people that don't know what they're talking about, you know what I'm saying? Like, as a whole. Like, I'm sure there's a few people, you know, that maybe are less comprehensive. There's plenty of things that I don't know about gaming, you know what I'm saying? Like, plenty. Like, I don't really understand the fundamentals of, like, a MOBA, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what makes a good MOBA from a bad MOBA because I just don't play MOBAs, you know what I'm saying? But that Cuphead thing was wild. (laughs) That was wild. It's just, like, uh... I don't know it there you should have a in my opinion you should have like a group of reviewers like in like one company it's like this mm. reviewers typically leans towards MOBAs this one typically leans towards fighters this one's a shooter guy this one's a platformer horror like in order to broaden it's like oh I like if you give me a MOBA if you tell me to play uh, like Diablo I don't know what's going on like I can't give a fair assessment on what makes the game fundamentally good, but yeah. go like the the whole point of this like tangent is that Ghost of Tsushima seems like it'll be especially if there are customizable difficulties, mm-hmm. which there are. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Like, yeah. it seems like. I'm just not gonna care. I was like, oh, the game is too hard. It's like, all right, the person who probably played it is bad. I see what you mean. Right, right. Yeah, right, it's like, right. it's unforgiving. Like, oh, it's clunky. It's like, let me be the judge of that. Like, it, 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 like, I don't really care. Like, if I read a review and it's like, oh, the game is unforgiving. The game is too hard. It's like, oh, wow, do you need a game journalist mode? Like, do you need a baby mode? It, yeah, I mean. Just throw it out. So I don't really yeah. care about the Metacritic <laughs> score as much as I used to. Because right. who cares? Like, there are games out there that have six out of tens on Metacritic that I like, that I really, really like. Oh yeah, yeah. There are true. games that I like, like Part Two, the the most controversial game in recent memory, for reasons for a variety of reasons. It has a ninety-five on Metacritic, and if you watch the review, you'll see the score that I gave, which does not align with the Metacritic score. But then that's right. the whole thing. It's the subjectivity of what makes a good game to you. So, Absolutely. yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about the Metacritic score for, like, one fundamental reason. Samurai are cool as hell, and I'm going to mm-hmm. play the game regardless. Yeah, like, it, it takes a lot for me to look at a review score, right? Or just read a whole written piece on a review. If I'm really sold on the game, I'm buying... Like, I, I don't care what this game gets score-wise. Like, I'm still going to buy Ghost of Tsushima and play it for number one obvious reasons because i run the channel though of course right like i i want to be informed on major playstation games that come on to the platform of course you know um so i'm definitely not going to be swayed to not buy this game but i'm always curious on metacritic just because i like to get an overall consensus of like what a game is viewed as critically as well as commercially 
you know what I'm saying? Like how the game does like sales wise and stuff like that. I like to know the public consensus of just the player base and the overall common folk of the gaming industry as well as the uh you know critics of the industry. Right. You know. Like what if That's what like if, yeah. No, that's like my only thing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's like what if uh what if part 2 got like a 60% on metacritic. I would I mean I would definitely still play it cuz like yeah. his last was part 2. Yeah. But yeah. like that would be mad interesting, you know. Like mad interesting for sure, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it looks like me and you will of course be playing Ghost of Tsushima and one of the big aspects of Ghost of Tsushima is the whole mantra of ghost versus samurai. Even though it's not necessarily versus cuz you do um you know have the ability like it's not like it's you choose one side or the other, you know what I'm saying? And I believe we have talked about this on the show, I think. But um, if not, uh, you know, they made it clear that, like, even though of their past with Infamous, how you can choose, you know, good or bad powers, whatever, it's not like that in Ghost of in Ghost of Shishima. Like, it's more of, like, the ghost branch is an additive thing as you're refining your samurai tactics that you've learned over the years you know what i'm saying like you're upgrading both at the same time but the ghost side is a new thing that you're kind of sort of i believe what it seems like self-teaching yourself and just analyzing different things off of like how in the video i uploaded on friday uh we talked about the um stances and like one of the stances called the water stance which is uh useful for enemies that have shields it said that Jin teaches himself that war stance to better be prepared for enemies that use shields and to be able to uh, get openings to counter them. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it sounds like you'll be upgrading both sides and will be able to utilize both sides at the same time. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not one or the other. Um, but I did kind of want to do some, you know, research, uh, you know. As I'm chilling here in my room, quarantined up, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Facts. You know? Yeah. Window closed. All the good stuff. <laughs> I'll never go with that. But, uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but I wanted to, you know, from a historical standpoint, we're going to look at three different sections, right? One of them being samurai weaponry and tactics from pre Mongol invasion. So, how they are traditionally, right? So then how the Mongolians are, that's, that's not the right word. We talked about this. How the Mongols are uh, from an historical standpoint, as well as possibly more or less a gameplay perspective as well, because we don't really get a lot of detail in the state of play about what the enemies are using against you, because, you know, I mean, it's about you, right? So, like, totally understand that. So we don't get a good grasp of, like, how they are in the game but we got to assume that it's pretty similar i'm assuming what right. i'm saying to the more historical standpoint and then we'll look at samurai uh post invasion and we'll all see how it all kind of melts together because it's uh it's quite interesting right right so starting off here um i guess i'll read the seven i'll read the uh uh weaponry and tactics and tactics of the samurai pre-invasion and you can go post or whatever you know sure. we'll see we'll see but Samurai weaponry and taxes and tactics. Dang, I cannot I cannot talk today. I swear. Pre-Mongol invasion, 
uh, a big aspect of them was that they used to have this Tachi slash uh, Chocota style of blades. And so these are similar to a Katana, kind of, sort of, not really, because they're a straight blade, right? So they're more of like what you envision like a sword would be, right? And uh, they are blades... Of course with with one side having that edge for slicing and stuff like that and they primarily offer a lot of thrusting style of attack so more of like you know a shoving of the sword into you know a homie <laughs> in combat uh however this proved vastly ineffective against the mongols due to their armor being stronger causing the swords to break and chip and so another thing that we will get into in this whole discussion you know uh, is that the Mongols, while not all of them were armored, the ones that were armored, the like heavy infantrymen, uh, they had a lot of very highly, uh, uh, highly resilient armor on them. Right. You know, which like caused the samurai uh, Chakoda and, you know, Tachi type of style blades and swords to not be as effective. Um, but a big thing we will talk about as well. Is of course the Bushido code, which you know what, Samurai? I'm gonna just throw it. Why do I call you Samurai? Wow, wow. interesting. Hmm. I am the I Samurai. I don't want to go. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're thing. Huh, I guess you're Samurai. All right, cool. Uh, samurai, you know what? I, I'm gonna let you read the Bushido code. All right, bet. The, the Bushido <laughs> code is the when the, sam- the Samurai army set out to fight according to their code. Uh, a warrior would step out, announce his name and lineage, and prepare for one-on-one combat with a foe. Typically, it's like the way that I always remember the uh, the code of honor. It's 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 like that. It's their code of honor. It's their um, it like kind of how a knight has their code of honor. Like the Bushido code is what the samurai would adhere themselves to in order to stay honorable amongst themselves and each other. Mm. And like they're honored towards like for their own and they're honored towards their uh towards the emperor. Like I yeah. Oh, you got it. No, I mean um by lineage. I did want to ask you that. Is that like the country that they derive from? Is it like the family name that they are holding? Lineage, like, to the extent of my knowledge, Uh I believe the lineage is who they serve. Okay. Because a samurai's identity is based on who they serve, not their own individual identity as much as, like, the emperor that they, like, that they defend. Because that's what the whole Bushido code is centered around, is the emperor. You are protecting the emperor, you serve the emperor, and... Failure to do so is dishonorable by death. So you have to commit like the seppuku. So in order to like to preserve oh. your honor. Oh, that's that's like su like death by suicide. Yeah, it's where you stab yourself in the stomach, disembowel yourself, and one of your like a fellow samurai decapitates you to spare you pain. But it is an honorable way to die. You take your own hand in in kind of a form of redemption for the emperor. And a samurai with no emperor, with no leader, is uh, a ronin. Mm. So, mm. 
Mm. So these Ronin are self-serving and on their own path, which is, I believe, the movie, like, what was it, like, 57 Ronin? I was thinking of Endgame. <laughs> well, also Hawkeye. Also yeah, Hawkeye. I was, yeah, I know that's completely, probably not 100% accurate. You know what I'm saying? Accurate. Ac- accurate. Accurate. <laughs> a- accurate. Accurate. I saw, I saw a, a lot of y'all laughing at that video the other day. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to, yeah. <laughs> shout out to that. Um, but another thing uh, that was interesting, too, is that they fought in small groups, right? But right. whilst while fighting in small groups, they were also led by a skilled archer. So amongst the small groups, the... Uh, they would all still fight for themselves and not really as a team, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah. they would, they'd have, like, you know, a group, but they wouldn't fight as a group, you know? Right. They were still definitely much for themselves. Not in, like, a selfish way, but just, like, to fight just 1v1, like, that's how they would do it, you know? Right. Like, samurai are very, like, self-skill-based. Like, they're not, yes. oh, not us as a collective, but my own individual skill is greater than the enemy. Mm, yes. So Precisely. it's very Precisely. competitive. Right. Mm. Like mm. the the longbow, which uh, the archers would typically use, the Yumi longbow, was uh, popular during the feudal Japan era. Like mm-hmm. the archer, like they would defend the archer, and the archer would like you know shoot uh, shoot up in the air to attack the the Mongols or the enemy that they were facing in order to allow like separation so that the samurai could attack individually right like a divide right. and conquer kind of act at least to the which, extent of my knowledge yeah but which like definitely like when you when you read it and, and you think about it like on paper i feel like that sounds effective it, you know it, yeah it's definitely tactical like definitely because um the armor the armor used in feudal Japan was oriented to be defensive against swords, but not pierces. Right. Like right. It, it can take a slash, but if if something sharp attacks it head on, like as a piercing action, yeah. it would penetrate the armor because there are different kinds of durability. Mm. And they, since they're typically fighting against swords, an arrow would pierce whatever they were wearing and kill them or incapacitate them yeah interesting stuff definitely definitely interesting stuff and last thing that was like uh that i wanted to note down about the uh you know japanese um skilled fighters was that they use shields but only as walls to protect the archer in the group so they never really had like shields that they would carry for themselves in combat they would only have shields like for that skilled archer in their small group, which uh, was a stark, a stark contrast, you know, with of course the Mongolian Empire uh, and their weaponry and tactics. And so this next section, you can I guess kind of view it as what they'll probably be wielding in the game. We don't have a lot of details on like how that differs in the in the gameplay. There are some. Uh, instances where they are holding shields and having like different uh shaped um bows and swords and stuff like that but it sounds pretty similar to what we're about to describe here uh so super similar but one thing that i just wanted to make clear pretty much sure 
which is again pretty obvious here but they do have uh, they don't have a Bushido code right so the Mongols were not familiar with the code so when a lone samurai stepped forward to challenge them the Mongols would simply attack uh, him in mass much like ants swarming a beetle <laughs> that's a that's a direct quote from a website so they would just pummel the dude Makes which sense. is wild yeah yeah hmm. it's, because yeah oh, sorry you sorry, go, you, you go. sorry please i implore go ahead all right um it like it's a, it's a direct contrast like the um it, it's almost like a war of attrition that the uh the mongols had strength in numbers like would you rather have like you remember the area 51 raid where it's like they can't stop all of us <laughs> it's like that uh, I can't. I really hope that, like, in our kids' textbooks, you know, they talk about it. <laughs> I just want, like, at least, like, like a paragraph. At least, at, at least a paragraph. I don't need a full chapter, but like, yeah, just that. Hey, there was once a raid that was led by the public to invade Area Fifty One. Yeah, we we had the the monster energy drinkers. We had the mm-hmm. the weebs. Mm-hmm. We had the the redditors, like all of them. Yes. Uh, the, the the fodder, all of Irinet's most distinct factions. Yeah, together, you know, um, it, it's like that. That's how the Mongols operated. <laughs> it's just, it's like, how many people can we throw at them before it's they like, die? It's like that. Yeah. Or when, um, like, uh, have you seen the videos where, a, like, a wasp will kill a bee? And then the hive attacks the wasp until it dies. Those are terrifying. Yeah, those are horrible. It's like that. Mm. Like the mon- like the Mongols are the bees and the samurai are the wasps. They can Nature's take out a few. Dude. There's a lot of bees though. <laughs> Nature is terrifying. Though. Nature is terrifying. Nature's metal. I don't want to be swarmed with anything to be honest. I mean, there's a few things I could be swarmed with, you know. In like a pleasant standpoint. But not a, not a visceral standpoint. Yeah, no. Swarm me uh, with direct deposit payments, please. Mmm. Mmm. Swarm me with true love. You feel it, me? I I feel you. Understanding. Understanding. Consideration. Mm. Respect. Mmm. Oh. Mm. Road to <laughs> romance. Oh, Road to romance. <laughs> but, it, it's um like I'm super interested in seeing like how, like. Because um, Jin, Jin's whole thing is like adaptation, right? Like his his skill set is not just primarily in his skill with a sword, but his ability. Like you said, like he taught himself the um, like the what was the form? The way of water. Oh, the water stance. Yeah, yes. the water stance. It's. He was able to teach himself an enemy stance or a foreign stance in order to allow easier forms of combat. And so it'd be interesting to see what he does in order to combat the Mongols with their own strategies. Yeah, it is really interesting, you know, how they're melding in like real history of how the, uh, you know, Japanese 
changed with the Mongol invasion and like how their fighting tactics actually did adapt and change overall, which birthed the katana sword as well, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. Um, but there's also, you know, just quick side tangent on the stances. There's also two different other stances that we haven't gotten detailed, but judging off of some things that we've seen in the in the state of play i think the other two are going to be enemies that have like long spears and are trying to attack at like a distance but like that like medium distance where they have reach with the spear and the other stance i think is going to be good with like blocking bow and arrows right. and arrows that are incoming to you i think is what the other ones are for but who knows uh the mongols also had poison tipped arrows and armor piercing arrows as well which the uh you know sam wow i forgot the word samurai uh did not have those things but in the state of play trailer we we uh, do see them having different arrow types which could be derived from the mongols in the game you know uh they, they had a few other things like a catapult that launched explosive shells <laughs> which yep, is terrifying yeah damn and then uh tell us a bit more about the short bow the the short bow is twice the range of the samurai long bows but like the samurai are very were very stubborn in their their code because mm. that which is the center conflict in like Jin's interpersonal conflict on the the way of like adhering to the bushido code it's they they didn't budge very much at all because any any form of altering the code was almost sacrilegious right it, it was their way of life so even though there were superior means of attack they ad they stayed with what they knew and what they trusted despite being at a mechanical and numerical disadvantage mm, mm. definitely and definitely numerical because the mongolians fought in really big groups like like they uh there was a lot of them a lot a lot a lot you know a whole squad if you will a whole many platoon. squads where are we dropping tsushima facts they were all like a hey, all 100 of us let's get on this let's go let's go to shishima definitely but what i really hope to see as well in the game is that um at least in the real historical standpoint the mongols were were given orders via drum beats and gong clashes so like i guess they had like certain beats that meant like push forward i don't know it honestly reminds me of palapon do you know the game palapon uh, i'm not familiar so Patapon was a game on PlayStation. Uh, I think there's three Patapons as a whole, I believe. But essentially, it's a rhythm game where you have to, you know, uh, be able to do the rhythm prompts in the game to give orders to your army. And so I think that's directly like what it's talking about here in a way is that like they were given orders via drum beats and gong clashes and uh, uh, ways to overall like control and command the engagement you know right which i think is gonna be terrifying like to hear in game you know studying hear, game like, is gonna be cool 
Huh? Wait, what? Studying it. Like, it's like, oh, I hear that, which means they're falling back, which means I push forward. Or they're oh, pushing yeah. forward, which means go to stealth. Should... Right, right, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, even that. Super cool. Super cool stuff. Who knows they'll do it? Who knows? But um, again, like we said before, uh, they wielded shields on most warriors. So so they were able to utilize shields on, you know, vastly as opposed to just the shields being uh, used on the side of the Japanese, which was to mainly, uh, you know, block the archers and stuff like that. So definitely more useful in that standpoint as well. But there was also a discrepancy I found as well where most of the Japanese in combat wore pretty good armor, but the Mongols had significantly better armor, especially for those that were heavy infantry. You know, like they made a distinction between like the average Mongol soldier versus like the brooding, like heavier set, you know, bigger in stature. Mongols, which you would think would you would you would want to be the opposite, you know, but I digress. I don't know. That's what it is. But due to the Mongol invasion, right? Um, they specifically kind of like made this change leading up to the second Mongol invasion, which happened a few years after the first one. Um, and you know, with the uh, natives of Tsushima that fought as samurai um they were finding that like like we said before their their swords that they used before were not as effective against the mongols and they needed to adapt and make them better right so this of course is the rise of the katana which i'll let the homie iraq knight read so japanese swordsmith began experimenting with other sword designs leading to the advent of the modern day katana Using high carbon steel and dif- differential heat treatment, swordsmiths were able to create katanas with a superior level of strength compared to the tachi and the chokudo. Upon testing the new design on the battlefield, Japanese samurai warriors found the katana to be highly effective at cutting through armor. The katana also shifted the tides of the war in favor with Japan because of its emphasis on quick drawing. Until then, all Japanese swords were worn with the cutting edge facing down. The katana, however, was worn with the cutting edge facing up. This allowed for samurai warriors to draw it more quickly, making the katana an excellent weapon for use in close quarter combat. Which is actually really cool. Like, like when you when you pay attention to details like that, like Samurai Jack put a lot of emphasis on studying Bushido and samurai tactics. And right. most, like, all of Jack's attacks swing up. Oh, that's because it's it's put away with the edge facing up. Yeah. Right? That's Because the alternative was facing down, so you'd have to bring the sword up and slash it down instead of drawing it from your waist and slashing up immediately, putting yourself at an advantage with a quicker attack speed. Because It definitely makes... Yeah, oh, yeah. no... No, it definitely makes sense because, like, even, like, if you do it with your own motion, like, if you, you know, have it facing down, there's an extra step in flipping that sword to be able to actually do any damage, right. you know, and get on the edge you wanted. But if it's just facing up, you do a quick slap. Like, you can see even 
with the arm movements and we see it in the gameplay as well for the game like like you can tell that they're able to do those fast movements um with not only the weight of the sword or i guess weight of the katana you know what i'm saying um but also the way it's uh edges edges facing up instead of down like um in like in training like stuff like that uh we practiced like i i personally have like experience like with like fighting with stuff like that like very very limited experience but i do practice martial arts or at least i did before all this stuff started like and so we practiced with like foam swords on drawing and countering and like wooden swords once you got up to that level it's like if you got hit that's how it happened so you had to practice like defensive stat like like statures and like attacking up and countering up because it was faster man i, I i'm trying to think if i have any skill in like weapon <laughs> like if i ever done anything i don't think i have um i mean i've shot a gun before but that's entirely different uh yeah no i, I have no experience in melee combat yeah, it's like uh, the Mongols came in. And it's like, oh, like what do you have? And Jim just pulls out like a gat. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, you know, like here's my twenty-two. You know what I'm yeah, it's like, oh, who will win? <laughs> a bunch, a bunch of swords or a gun? <laughs> oh, oh, you know this hammer? Just Mjolnir, you know, just some light work. You know yeah, saying? no, it's uh, <laughs> it's super like stuff like that is uh, is really cool. Like once you get your hands on it, like not a gun but a sword. <laughs> like the swords like just just messing with it because the more practice you get like i remember i i'd only done it a few times just like with wooden swords on uh drawing and countering and blocking like you get progressively better like like the more you do it like every time you get hit it's like okay practice like practice that practice that so it's really cool to see gameplay of the game like a gent like someone who's very very fluid with a sword like just slash their enemies definitely 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 i would like to one day learn how to use a bow uh like i just think bows are cool archery archery is a lot of fun like i bet um it your shoulders will be sore as hell the next day though oh i bet absolutely and my shoulders already suck now you know oh yeah yeah i feel that just sitting down all day like not doing anything like uh, I, I, I practiced archery when I was younger. Mm. Like, mm. it's it's a lot of fun. Like, swordsmanship, archery, like, stuff like that. It's it's definitely going to be interesting seeing these weapons in the game. Like, variations of weapons or what you can use. Like, um, I know, like, it's definitely not going to be in the game, but Iskrima, which is, a, yeah, that's a very cool martial art. Like I, I, I believe like I, I always just call them Iskrima. I believe they have a more formal name. But Iskrima sticks are a lot of fun to use. Like just just as a side note. Mm. Like those hurt though. Like practicing with those, like you have to counter or you're gonna get like you're gonna get bopped in the head with a wooden stick. <laughs> oh man. I feel like I'm more of a dagger type of individual. Daggers are cool. Daggers are easier to counter, though. Well, 
You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you hate to see you it. Hate to see it. Um, oh, that's why, man. like, sometimes I come into work with like a like a bruised up nose or like a black eye, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I would. Like, yeah, I like I like stun. I was out here fending off the Mongol invasion. Yeah, I was at I was at no, I was out here getting thrown around. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, how, like how'd the fight go? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> You know, I'd just be like that. Be it, like, it really do be like that. I'd wimp. You hate to see it. You truly hate to see it. Hate to but see it. But what uh, you love to see mm, is the gameplay. Mm, we do. We do. So going into this one, you know, that was our little historical look back at how the Mongols had their weaponry and the samurai had theirs, right? But now we're going to a little bit of gameplay. There's not a lot on the Mongols because there's way more to talk about in, in terms of samurai and the ghost. Uh, parts of that whole side but with the mongols they seem to have a very similar arsenal as described in the historical section where they seem to be equipped with heavy armor especially those heavy infantry not many of the regular infantry have armor um they also seem to have masses of it, of infantry men to provide bigger uh and overall like better advances in battles uh they have hand carried shields as well in the gameplay long spears and they seemingly only have short bows i think i think we'll only experience long bows as a samurai you know right. as that is the traditional like you know place where the longbows are coming from in this conflict so it so i i didn't see any mongols with with long bows could be wrong on that point but they seem to only have short bows. Um, so I guess, you know, as I was doing research, I did boil it down to like a main thesis, you know, and, and observation, if you will, is that the change in arsenal from samurai to ghost seems to be that the ghost embodies what makes the Mongols superior over the samurai. Essentially, is what I've kind of broken down, you know. Yeah. As to what makes the ghost like truly different. But before we get to the ghost... Tell me about some samurai weapons in the game that has been seen in gameplay. So we have the half bow with regular or flaming arrows. Probably more arrow types as well. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be poison too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Smoke arrow. Give me the dynamite arrows from part two. Ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, uh, the ghost is... I don't know, like the ghost. I don't. Is that a Mongol? Like, is that like a Mongol art or go? Like, the ghosts would lead me to believe it's a form of ninjutsu. So it, it, so as far as I'm aware, the ghost side is heavily influenced by like what will become like ninjas. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But like at least like in game, what I've seen is that like they like Jin will take a lot of the tactics of the samurai and, and sorry no um take a lot of tactics of the mongols and like their equipment especially with like explosives and stuff like that you know and and all that good stuff and there being a short bow as well on the ghost gameplay um and all that like it seems like the ghost mainly is like taking aspects of the mongol side but to develop you know, like, uh, like aspects of ninjutsu yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Fun, fun fact ninjutsu is actually an umbrella term for a variety of different arts not one singular art word word interesting 
Like, there are a lot of forms and arts in ninjutsu that encapsulate it. Like, it is an umbrella term. Mm. Like, ninjutsu is the study and application of multiple arts in order to be by optimized in uh, infiltration and uh, uh, information gathering and all that. Like, it's not just crawling on rooftops kind of deal and like right like shurikens right right and like we'll get to like the last point you know at the very end of this maybe there's probably like a bigger discussion there for sure but like it it how like at least i'm reading into it is that like all of the elements that make the ghosts different than the traditional way of fighting is directly going against the bushido code of in course. like a lot of different ways yeah 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 for sure. like for sure like we just mentioned the half bow the samurai oriented armor is definitely beefier like it's it's designed to endure more damage right because that's right. how the samurai operated it was 1v1s and you were designed to take a beating because you only had your sword with you yeah um, definitely it was dishonorable and cowardly to use any other forms of combat to the extent of my knowledge for just individual samurai right and the that limited arsenal is like it it might be what we saw because of character progress at the time or what we mentioned about the bushido code like what you see is what you get your beefy armor you get a sword and your own skill to see if you can win fights just using what is ordained by the Bushido code. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because the devs really did make it clear that like, hey, like when you start the game, you are a samurai. It's not like you're starting from zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Jin Jin has fought before. Jim is a fighter. Like Jin is a samurai when you when you start the game, right? But like but judging off when they also talked about in that same tone that like hey you don't pick one side or the other like you have both you utilize both there's two upgrade trees as well in the game like you are upgrading both sides of yourself even though ghost starts at zero and samurai doesn't start at zero um i assume there's going to be more elements to the samurai side as you progress throughout the game yeah you know like that's just my assumption you know like, just based on what they said and that's kind of like directly what they said to be fair too what what would be cool is like if you saw like the ghost or the samurai tree is like half of the ghost tree Mm. it's like oh yeah you are you have a very limited you have like no wiggle room like you gotta just rush in and hope you can counter everybody right right and like i'm excited to see the trophy list oh yeah like i i want to see if there's like a samurai only trophy it's like you know like the bushido code kind of deal it's like a silver gold trophy you finish the whole game without upgrading anything on the ghost tree interesting interesting like what what if it's called like the code whatever or like yeah the bushido code straight up as the name of the trophy a good point like i i like i depending on how i enjoy my first like blind playthrough like i'd be very very interested to see it's like can i do the game just as a samurai can i do the game just as a ghost right but like there i don't know like challenges like that are always a lot of fun like seeing what the devs might have done it's like oh yeah 
you can do this. You don't have to, but you can if you want to. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, like I, I would love to try something like that. Like in part two, like right now, I'm doing a melee only survivor run and it sucks. <laughs> I was gonna ask, oh really? Like how's that going? And you just answered the question. Like do you yeah. have tasks? <laughs> I it is it is fight night every night. Damn. It's fight Damn. morning, it's fight afternoon, it's fight brunch. It's just fight night all the time. It's is fun. But I, I'd love to do something like that in uh, Ghost, like just to see like how much I can like mess around with what the devs have put in. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of that, let's let's go into kind of like the last section of this good old episode three, Ghost of Tsushima, Road to Ghost of Tsushima. You know, what does the ghost have that's different than the samurai side, right? So one thing that I did notice, it wasn't explicitly said, but it. I did take note of it is that they seem to have a sleeker and more limited armor set which I assume is for better mobility yeah and just like getting around and stuff like that um if you like even look at you know in the say the play gameplay uh we have the first bit which is more of the honorable way of fighting and stuff like that and he has a lot of, like like a ton of armor you know what I'm saying like super beefy not as beefy as what the armor would have been for stylistic uh, reasons yeah yeah that we talked about on last week's episode uh but it is super super sleek and i think it looks a lot better as the ghost you know armor but that's just me um but they also have things that you know this is where we see this first like departure in terms of like how these tactics are going very much away from the Bushido code, right? And that is having these throwables in the game, which include like wind chimes and firecrackers for distractions or disorienting purposes against the enemy, you know, which like typically in the code, you would want to let your enemy be known that, yo, I'm here, I'm pulling up and I'm challenging you to a 1v1, you know, but using these throwables, you're able to do like, um, you know, silent assassinations and like uh you know the the enemy might not be aware that you're there you know yeah which is interesting it's like i i'm, I'm really excited and i actually made a joke about this on the uh playstation source discord link in the description mm, um shameless plug shameless, shameless plug. plug um about game like what i was like oh yeah what what makes a good game and I have two things that I am excited, like two things that I have found that I make games more enjoyable and a lot more fun, in my opinion. What we got? Number one, waifus. Waifus? Yes. Final Fantasy VII is waifu city. That is why it's my game of the year. <laughs> Man, I, I I asked that question like with like a question slant. Because really, I was not expecting you to go there. But no, <laughs> no, it, it, like this is a joke. Like this is a joke. But like um, the the something like like this whole this whole this whole bit. It's a bit. It's a joke. But like uh, the things that I find fun. Like this this next part is actually something I find fun that you can't always put in games. But if it is in the game, it's a lot of fun for me to use, and it's a grapple hook. Mm. Every yes, game, dude. tell me one game that wouldn't be better with a grappling hook. One game. I want you to lie to me and tell me a game. One game. Because, like, 
the first thing I thought about was was Need for Speed. I'm like, no, you're lying, Kevin. Like a grapple hook and like fire, yeah, fire it and then drift with it and keep going. Oh my god, Dan, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, grappling hooks are always fun. Final Fantasy VII also has a grappling hook. That and then plus God of War Two, we just played it on the channel. That has like a similar type of grappling hook type thing in it as well, and that is tremendously fun. Grappling hooks are so cool. It's fun. Like, Definitely. Titanfall 2. You can wall run, grapple Fire. hook. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yes. FF7. Man, yeah. yeah. Most, like, not every not every good game has a grappling hook. But every game with a grappling hook is a good game. Wow. Wow. Tweet that. Yeah, I'll play. I'll, I, I, if a Tweet game's that. like, yo, this has a cool grappling hook... I'll check it out. <laughs> tweet that. That, <laughs> that. that is pin tweet worthy. Man, you love to see it. Put, and that's put all, more grappling hooks in games. Sorry, you that, That's also one of the things that the ghost has. So I see that you, you know, can mill that in there. Yeah, you know I, I'm you excited be, about it. Yeah, which I don't think, well, at least we like didn't see it be used in, in the samurai side. But who knows? Maybe the grappling hooks, maybe like. Maybe if it's used for like getting to a certain area purposes, maybe the bush, maybe the code will let them do it. But who knows? I don't know. I will change uh, the code. Damn. To, adapt. Yeah, I will adapt change the code, code for a grappling hook. <laughs> In the ghost gameplay, we do get a good look at the Lombo as well, um, which that was it was it was kind of weird because. With the samurai side of the gameplay, I believe it just had the half bow, and then the ghost was able to use the long bow or the half bow. So I'm not sure if like it's a thing where like you start off with the long bow and then, you know, because the samurai gameplay was taken maybe after you achieve some things with the ghost side, that he ha- was was using the half bow. I'm not sure what the deal is right there that one was a little bit confusing but on the ghost side i did take note of like the longbow was able to equip and fire heavy arrows as well as other types of as well as other types of arrows that they did not use in the gameplay um so there seems to be a variety of different arrow sets that you can have whether it's samurai or ghost um but that is left to be determined uh smoke bombs were also in the game on the on the ghost side this makes sense because you know it involves being sneaky, not sneaky, sneaky, <laughs> and uh, use for getaways and unseen attacks, which again go against the good old Bushido code, you know. Yeah. And probably my favorite aspect of the ghost gameplay was the kunai. Did you see these in the gameplay? Oh uh, yes, yeah, I did. The like throwing knife type yeah, things. Yeah, those are cool, bro. Those look really satisfying. Mm. Those look super fun, you know. And I think that's probably like. Maybe where the origins of like the ninja stars come to be. I don't know like how serious the ninja stars were in like real life. Like I don't know if those were actually things that they use or that's just like a glorified thing that media made up about ninjas. I don't know. You know the the what? I'm sorry. The ninja stars. Oh, the shuriken. Oh, shuriken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, those like I don't know if like those were you know off of the kunai and like the the kunai ended up being the shirigan 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, the I don't know a lot about anything. Can no. I put that? <laughs> <up>? <laughs> uh, I, I believe the shuriken were used in uh for ninjutsu. It is it's an it's its own art, like the art of like throwing knives or something like that. I don't remember particularly, but I I, I do I do remember it being its own art because the ability to silently like throw something and kill someone with it was that invaluable. Sounds, that sounds difficult. It does sound that, difficult. Like cuz you have to aim it and you have to throw it hard enough and you have to throw it quietly. <laughs> that sounds so challenging. Like shout out to the tomahawk, you know what I'm saying? Black Ops 1 tomahawks. Yeah. Shout now shout out to that. I got hit with those so many times. <laughs> They get nothing you know, from me. What was that one snowy map? I, I know Whether, exactly what you're talking about. Where you spawn and you all, all you can do is run straight and throw a tomahawk and get some. There's a good it. chance you will get a hit. Yeah. Yeah. On, I, yeah. I remember exactly what you're talking that about. Called? What's that map called in Black Ops One? Oh man, it's gonna kill me. Let me know in the comment section. Let us know. It's like on the. It's not sub base because that's Marvel Two snow map. Oh, what array? No, that's a different Black Ops One map. I know exa- I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember though, but I know what you're talking about. It's just like throwing yeah. stars. No, it's just like throwing stars and stuff like that. Like super cool. Batman uses them. The Batarang. He does. He does. Um, it, it's just like it's supposed to be like a like and even in like combat, which for ninja, it's uh. If you get an active combat, you're pretty much dead. Yeah, your only option is to get away. Mm. Like, there was hand-to-hand, but that was like, oh, take down. Like, it was very... It's like a, a ju- like jujitsu-oriented just, like, takedowns. Like, take them down, kill them quiet, and keep going. Like, they wore very light, like, almost just, like, cloth for, like, just for armor, for lack of a better phrase. So that's probably what Jin's doing with the sleeker limited armor. It's because the heavier the armor, the louder you'll be, and the less you can like jump around and move around, and the more difficult it is. Mm. So mm. if you if you play very stealthy, if you get in combat, that's probably why you have a smoke bomb, and it's why you have the blades and the grapple hook is for you to get away. Right. That's like you throw a firecracker, it disorients them, smoke bomb, go. That's those are your only options because uh, a sword will just cut right through you. Yeah, which that's something that they have talked about a lot is that like even though there are different you know ways to play the game in terms of like normal difficulty, hard or easy, whatever, um, you will be able to kill Mongols in the same amount of hits as well as the Mongols will be able to kill you in the same amount of hits no matter what difficulty you're playing on. Right. You know, because they wanted like to make sure that like the combat and the katana like means something, you know, and it doesn't get weaker, whichever yeah. way you want to play. And the way that it gets harder is just how the enemy, the enemy AI behaves. Maybe you get less resources too. I don't know, but yeah, uh, it's not that you, they become sponges. It's it's a, it's a one for one kind of deal. If they die in two hits, you die in two hits. Right. They right. die in one hit, you die in one hit. Like, which, Definitely. like, uh, I'd be down to play something like that. Just like a one-hit death kind of deal. Definitely. 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 Like, catch me just being a ghost and hiding the entire time. Bro, if I... <laughs> if it was, like, two hits or one hits, I would definitely die in one hit. Can I say that? 
I <laughs> yeah, I like that that would be very very tough. Like but like, I I like stuff like that. I'm built like a sponge in the first place. So like same. <laughs> and I chose to just end off this whole breakdown with a little quote here by your boy. I just wrote this, right? Uh, all in all, ghost weapons and tactics do away with the Bushido code to overpower the Mongols who don't care for the code itself as well as making them a more powerful... F wait. Wait. Who don't care for the code itself. In doing so, that makes them a more powerful force overall because they're not tied to the Bushido code. The way of the ghost had to let go of the code to even the playing field and change the samurai forever. That has been my tech talk. <laughs> I I dig it. Like the samurai, like the the code, like the only thing that really changed with the code, I feel, is just the katana for a while. Like, was it? Wasn't it like also like their whole like fighting style changed too, or did I just completely get that wrong? I again, my not my knowledge on uh, feudal Japan and samurai history is very very limited. Like, right. I could be wrong. I definitely could be wrong, but it, it to the extent of my understanding, it the the Bushido code was very strict for a while. Like fighting stances, like like there the stances don't they they played around the stances. The stances were made for the Bushido, not the Bushido was made for the stances. Mm. Like um, because fighting style doesn't really matter too extensively uh, like as long as you are one 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 v oneing like fighting the way that you were trained to is there are different stances in order to fight in a certain way and just to master what you know right right so i like again this is just for my my realm of knowledge is that things didn't really change significantly with the code, just how the weapons were oriented, which is like a different sword to cut down armor. There we have it. There we have it. I'm excited for this game, though. Yes, oh my. I'm, I'm very, very excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool. And then uh, what we got next week? Next week, we're talking about, ooh, the open world of Ghost of Tsushima. You know what I'm saying? From all the foxes and yeah. the birds, some charms that you'll get. Do you know what a what's it called? A Imura shrine, I think is what it's called. You will learn next week. You will learn next week. But until then, where can people find you, Ragnick? Where can people find you? I am on the PlayStation Source Discord under the same name. I I hype it up every week. It's a fun Discord. I love hopping on, seeing everybody talk about like whatever game it is of the day lately it's always been the last of us but like people sharing clips screenshots all that good stuff i love seeing it i love hearing it hit me up there i love talking to the community about video games you can find me on twitter at orly underscore macias where i talk about video games comic books all that good stuff i like hit me up talk to me about whatever share your screenshots ask any questions i love to talk to the people i like i love to talk to the community about this kind of thing because this is the only place I can really nerd out about this stuff. I don't That's really true. get to do that very often without getting made fun of. That's true. That's true. So you want a place to vent and talk about nerd shit? Here's the place to go. 
Mm. Mm. And of course, that will be linked in the description as well as links to our Twitter. I almost forgot. As well as the anchor link to listen to to listen to our long form content and podcast format. That, of course, being Road to Part Two as well as Road to Ghosts of Shima, this very show that you are listening to right now. Uh, like the video if you enjoyed it, as well as subscribe to places and stores to keep up with the latest and greatest and PlayStation. Thank you for watching, and as always, greatness awaits. Uh, rip and tear. Rip and whether tear. You, whether you're in Seattle or uh, the island of Shishima, rip and tear, baby. Until it's done. Mmm. Fire. <laughs> Fire. <laughs>